Hey guys, it's me. <laughs> I'm here. I'm never leaving. Kyle, you want to tell him? Zane's here full time. Yeah, boy! <laughs> ready for this <laughs> well i'm ready <laughs> so so um we don't have jen with us today which is why she gets to be the subject of our intro perfect um long ago many moons ago when kyle and i worked together oh, no. um we were on the same team but i want to talk about jen today kyle and i once had to go take a first aid course uh because oh, as the no. supervisors <laughs> we had to know how to you know defibrillate somebody when they accidentally did something dumb or in the event that they actually did work and had a heart attack by realizing what it was. So Jen had taken it the day before because she was on the same team as us. And the woman who was teaching it was a very nice person. She actually was probably one of my favorite people I've learned from. She was hilarious. I liked her a lot. But she she talked about uh, different various stings, anaphylactic shock. And one of the things she brought up now, listeners, I, I have to preface this. We have a dead lake near us, two of them actually, technically speaking. But we have a dead lake called the Great Salt Lake that's right here in Utah. And it has nothing but brine shrimp in it. It's too salty. It's, it is, I didn't even know there were brine shrimp yeah, in it. Yeah. Oh, it, it, is, it is so salty that an aging Republican would find it salty. It is, <laughs> it is that salty. You so, can just go out and lay on it and if you just float. Oh, dude, true story. There was a car that flew off the freeway next to it. It was a guy running from the police. His car skipped out 100 feet, then <laughs> floated. <laughs> can you imagine that? You're just sitting there on your car like, well, shit. There so, he is, everybody. It's we'll like, just reel him in. What are you going to do? Just I think at that point, honestly, I would just lay there in suntan until yeah. it got out to me. Mm-hmm. But going back, so nothing can live in that lake. Not a thing. Um, and... The lady was like, now in case you're swimming in the Great Salt Lake, which is a joke. No one wants to be in there. It smells really bad. Uh, it's uh, actually pretty clean water, but it smells bad. Um, she was like, if you're ever swimming in the Great Salt Lake and you get stung by a jellyfish, here's how you deal with it. And we all chuckled a little bit. And she said, you laugh. I had someone in my class yesterday uh, actually think that that was a thing. And I chuckled and I leaned over to Kyle and I was like, but it was Jim. And we moved on with our day. And uh, we just kind of like continued out, finished out the course. And we drove back to the place we work. Um, and I walked in and I jokingly said, so Jen, we heard you thought there were jellyfish in, in Great Salt Lake. And Kyle and I laughed and she's like, stop it, guys. I was serious. And we were like, no. So... <laughs> Then she realized what was happening. She was like, no, no, it wasn't me. And we were like, no, 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 the cat is out of the bag here. You already lost it. So Jen at one point thought that there were sea monsters in a tiny lake, or not a tiny lake, but in a very salty lake, and those sea monsters were jellyfish. Yep. And that is how we're going to bring this in today. You should have been here, Jen. You wanted to protect it. I know. Should have been here. Now she has the nickname of Jennyfish. And who coined that? Was that Jed that coined I think that? that? Was Jed. God bless you, Jed Baldwin. <laughs> Jed Blank. <laughs> can, I don't know if I can say that either. It's fine. All right. Well, let's get right into There's it. There's enough Baldwins in the world. That's probably accurate. <laughs> let's jump right into this thing. Kyle, do you want to bring us in today? So rather than just one story today, we decided to talk about some current events of what's going on because I was a little lost on some things and Zane started explaining things to me and I feel like everyone would benefit from this. So we're going to talk about modern conspiracies. Things, things that are happening today that are going to be conspiracies today, tomorrow, and in 30 years, they're going to be huge conspiracies. Absolutely. So I think that we better just jump in. Um, lacking Jen here for the, for the narrative, it's going to be a little bit, I don't know, more. She kind of takes us off course anyway. It's going to be more sane. Is that, is that a good way to phrase it? (laughs) I think we'll actually stay on topic most of the time. (laughs) Jen, we love you. We we love you, Jen. She doesn't even listen to this anyway. She's not even going to hear it. You know, we should just like toss a bunch of random nonsense about Jen in the middle. And then next time around, be like, did you hear the episode? And then when she says no, just be like, you should really listen to the episode. I want to listen to that one. So, um, this is going to sound like a current events episode, uh, but please don't tune out just yet. Right. We're really going to be discussing why this is conspiratorial, and that's why you come to us anyway. Yeah. So I want to start with China. Um, 
ancient country. Everybody pictures a couple different things when they think of it. If I say China, where do you go, Kyle? I immediately think of rice farms and the people with their hats. See, I think Karate Kid and Cobra Kai. Like that, that's immediately what I think because I'm an immense racist. <laughs> <laughs> Or Panda Express, which I'm 90% oh, okay. sure is probably not real Chinese food. I, say, I don't even think of that. And it's funny because I say, like, rice farms, but when, what I'm actually imagining is footage that was from North Korea, not even China. <laughs> so we in America, being well-educated <laughs> and very up with current events, realize that all Asian countries are basically the same. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's that's just how it works, but that's not accurate. Not, not at all. So... Most people, when they picture China, it's kind of the brochure image of China, uh, which is great because that makes dollars out of tourism. But in reality, China, no matter what it calls itself, uh, is a dictatorship. Yes. It's under a guy named Xi Jinping who has made iconography illegal of certain types. Well, iconography? Like pictures, like okay. certain, certain pictures. He's not quite to where Vladimir Putin's at where memes are illegal yet, but they are. Um, basically... You can be taken away for anything in China. Um, suspicion is enough to get you arrested. And then usually there's a summary disciplinary system where you end up whatever the Chinese government wants you. Whether you're dead, whether you're in a work camp, whatever it might be. So unfortunately, this very, very modern civilization is still acting like a third world country as far as its leadership goes. And might how, I, how do our, is the, are the people like that? Because I'm... I mean, even when I think, try to really think about China, I think of like, oh, they're big cities and... Well, you know that they formed with the roots of communism, right? Like, yeah. absolutely communist. Um, right. And so for a long time, they were considered mortal enemies of the United States. Right. Uh, they, be, being from the roots of communism, I think that's still a little bit ingrained in a lot of their systems, especially the older generation. It's, yeah. it's that way in Russia. From right. I've, I've talked to some firsthand sources I have there, and they say that the older folks are like, yeah, I wish it was still communist. Um, we had everything taken care of for us. We worked hard, but everything was taken care of for us. Hmm. And so I think that a lot of that is carried over, um, in Chinese culture because we think of it as a respectful culture. Right. Um, and it is. And I think a lot of that is fear-based because the Chinese will disappear you, um, very much like Lenin or Stalin. Mm -hmm. I don't know the extent that they're at, but I do know that <laughs> they're, they're authoritarian at this point to right. say the least. And so, for a long time, um, some, some listeners may know this, some may not, you were only allowed to have one, chi one child in China. I didn't know that. Is um, that. I thought the law was still in place. It's actually two now. Um, oh, okay. Now, there's a big problem with that. Um, <laughs> so, I actually listened to an NPR report not too long ago about this, um, and it was really interesting. You should definitely listen to it. Plug, plug, plug. NPR did this interesting topic where basically in China, if you're a woman, you have a role set for you. Um, I mean, and that's that's the case in a lot of countries. If yeah. we're going to be very real, um, America has that. It's not enforced by any means, and it frankly wasn't enforced in China. It's just very hard to get a job as a woman. I was going to say, here in the United States, it's more of a social thing rather than yeah. like enforced by the and law. And that's changed a lot, and I won't say whether or not I think it's a great thing because, frankly, I just think it's a thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I won't say it's awesome that women are... I wouldn't are... say it's good, but I wouldn't say it's bad either. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I, I don't think it's some amazing thing, though, that women are in the workforce. I think that the world is just changing, and that's mm -hmm. a great thing, but I don't think that it's like a, wow, women are getting jobs other than receptionists. It's like, yeah, they should. They have education. Yeah, like, exactly. Woohoo. So, and that being said, by the way, today marks the uh, anniversary of Utah ratifying the 19th Amendment. So, really? women's suffrage. Go team. Nice. Um, I heard that on NPR. <laughs> um, so... Uh, more back to the point, though, I mean, you have this ingrained culture of respect, mm -hmm. and that leads to a very conservative kind of feel. I actually asked one of my friends who's of Chinese heritage about, um, and this will probably sound kind of racist, so I'm sorry to any of our, our listeners from that region, but I asked him, okay, your dad always walks with his hands behind his back, and he walks on, like, very slow steps, like, and I'd seen it before, which is why I asked it. Like, I've seen a lot of elderly Chinese people mm -hmm. that walk that way. And he said, yeah, it's culturally driven into them. Like it's basically like, uh, kids folding their arms when they walk down hallways. It's, it's this whole concept of, is it a respectful thing? It's like respect, but also like, I wouldn't even say respect, just like, um, it shows maturity, um, or okay. authority. And so because of that, and like I say, I could be talking out my ass right now. Well, so. now <laughs> what do you say to the Asians that are all walking backwards in San Francisco? Cause they're driving me crazy. Walking backwards? Yeah, it's a, it's really a thing. So w the last time I was there, we went to Chinatown, and people are literally walking backwards everywhere they go. 
And my friend who lived in San Francisco for a few years, she was like, she's like, I don't know why they do it. Wait, when you say walking backwards, like they're walking full pace backwards but down what, the street. Why though? I don't, that's what I don't know. That, that, I, we're going to have to do a whole episode on that one. <laughs> but <laughs> she talked about it and I was like, oh my gosh, you're exactly right. I've seen that before. And she's like, it drives me crazy because they're not watching where they're going. So well, they'll like how, how walk could in. you? Yeah. Cause they walk, <laughs> so the, I mean, if you can have mirrors out or something so you can see where you're VR, going. dude, right there. Seriously. I don't, I don't know if I get that, but anyway. <laughs> Sorry. The I'm hell? That is unique. Um, but and they're not just walking slow. They are full paced walking backwards and they're walking into people and they just keep doing it. I think the best response to that is to just put a mouth guard in and go jogging. <laughs> <laughs> just like run direct. Oh, I didn't see you there. Idiot. But, um, but yes, continue. Sorry. But anyway, going back to it, I mean, so, you know, minor, minor trip to Chinatown there aside. There has been some real unrest in Hong Kong. Um, now, I don't have the total history on Hong Kong. I don't know everything about it. Mm-hmm. But based on my understanding here, essentially, Hong Kong has special economic and diplomatic rules. They fall under the purview of China to an extent, but they are not a Chinese state. They have different laws and a different jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. So essentially, to, to break it down a little bit, it's like two different police forces run by the same police. Um, but they have different courts, even. Right. So we mentioned before, in China, if you do something wrong, you're taken away. There may be something that resembles a court case, but there's already a known outcome. Right. But I, well, I guess one way you could kind of look at it is like, because um, recreational marijuana is illegal on a federal level, but the states who have legalized it, if they're pulled over by a See, state but, officer... But it's not quite even that, because really? the Chinese don't have... It's not like a federal versus state thing. It's a uh, totally, it's like a sovereign nation. Picture the capital of your city or of your, of your state mm-hmm. being sovereign of the state. Right. Like not related. They, like it's this odd parental relationship that China has. And I think more of it is cultural and heritage than anything. I think that basically the Chinese feel that they speak Chinese in Hong Kong. They have Chinese infrastructure in Hong Kong. Well, Mandarin or Cantonese? I don't know, but I think essentially, it's Mandarin and Hong Kong. They speak English in Hong Kong too, though. That's the thing. And so, yeah. so basically, because it was a British colony, they all speak English. But I think China still sees it as its land. Um, if you want to look up the history of it, listeners, that's fine. But I want to talk more about today. So essentially, what happened a couple of months ago? China tried to, in my opinion do a non-hostile takeover of Hong Kong. And the simplest way for them to do that was to control the judicial system. But they can't just come in and take it over because the citizens would go insane. Right. Also, that would be... It just wouldn't happen. Right. Now, but the reason they got separated is because you said they were taken over by... Britain. Britain. I don't when know was that? I don't know exactly. Once again, that's more historic. Okay. But I know that Britain controlled them up until the 90s. And when they left, they were left with special provisions that right. said, hey, this, 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 and this are not Chinese. You have your own judicial system. You guys can convict your own way. So basically, if you get arrested in Hong Kong, you have a far more democratic system of trying to make sure that you're brought to justice. Right. And China decided to take that over because think about it. So if another country came to your your country and took over your judicial system in the way that China, and I'll explain how it works, but in the way China's doing it, mm-hmm. they would basically run your country. Right. Because they could pick and choose who goes to jail and by extension... They could pretty much make sure that you do what they want you to do. Yeah. That's pretty scary. Think about Absolutely. that. That is that is the most interesting way of taking over a country. Very, very right. sly. <clears throat> and so essentially, China came in and they introduced the extradition bill. And the extradition bill meant if you were accused of a crime in Hong Kong, regardless of your citizenship, you could be extradited to China to face sentencing. So essentially, once again, China, they, they may have something that resembles a court system, but they know what they want for their outcome. And if that's the case... <laughs> And you're a Hong Kong citizen, mm-hmm. you know if you, go to, if you go to China, you're not coming back. Right. And so you can see the issue there. And Hong Kong was like, uh, no. So they rioted. They took the streets. They tried to block the bill. They told their leaders to block when the bill. When did this bill get proposed? Like, when were they trying to pass it? would have been it? a couple months ago. I can't think okay. of it. I think it might have been June. Yeah, I was going to say, because they've been rioting for a little while. They have. Um, and so, essentially, the hard part is that it's hard to get footage out of China, but it's very easy to get footage out of Hong Kong because it's still a free country. Right. Um, and so there's been some really good videos that are being posted. I personally, every time I come across one, save it so that if the Chinese take it down, 
I have a physical copy of it because they've been doing that. They've been taking down footage. Gotcha. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of creepy things that are happening in Hong Kong. For instance, they have surveillance cameras just on poles. Like, it's a lamppost with a camera on the top. And the purpose of it is it's a camera pole. Yeah, there's no... No light. Light, nothing. And I think one of the most interesting things I've seen, especially from a culture that values parental respect and respecting your elders so much, and, and uniformity, really, so right. much. I saw footage the other day of uh, protesters holding umbrellas. Like these, you know, just regular umbrellas, but they're all holding them and facing them towards a camera while they edge towards the camera and then they tear the post down and smash the camera, which is so out of culture for them. Yeah. But I think it's so cool because it shows they're not going to freaking take it. Right. And I think that what makes it so unique is that in America we have riots and we're used to them almost. And almost every time there are two polarized sides to it, neither of which is entirely right. Right. You know, one of them may be validated in their situation, but... There's never been a riot, in my opinion, that has achieved an equal share of righteous author- or righteous anger mm-hmm. with the amount of damage put out. I agree. <clears throat> I mean, after the Rodney King riots, which were justified, frankly, mm-hmm. um, Rodney King said, why can't we all just get along? Mm-hmm. You have white on black violence, you have black on white violence, and regardless of your opinion on it, Rodney King got the crap kicked out of him by a bunch of white police officers Racist or not, they were wrong. Right. And so I think that it's kind of a breath of fresh air to watch a riot where there is an absolute right and an absolute wrong. Mm -hmm. And the people doing what they're doing aren't just doing it to vent anger or frustration. They're removing signs and and things that can physically hurt them. Uh, China has a point system by which they determine enemies of the state using surveillance that has facial recognition. It's 1984 stuff, man. And so that being said... You know, it brings us kind of to the main point here. So China is essentially trying to claim authority over Hong Kong without claiming authority. Right. Its leadership can't do anything because the Chinese are very powerful. They're an economic backbone of a very large part of the world, let alone their own country. It makes you wonder how long this has been in the works. Like, because if you said if England left in the 90s, they want control back over Hong Kong. They want a unified China. They want to take over the China Sea, which we'll talk about. Oh, yeah. Basically, I mean... If that one of their main sticking points is this 470 mile square space is not ours out of this massive country of China, that tells you what they're willing to do. So are the people in Hong Kong wanting to say, "Hey, let's make all of China more like Hong Kong," or are they just saying, "Oh no, absolutely don't not. Step on us." No, this is this is our space. Yeah, it has always been our <clears throat> space. Stay out of our space. Yeah, we aren't messing with you. Don't mess with us. Okay, so it's not like there's not an armed. They're not trying to no. push it out. They're just saying, "Don't try and push yourselves onto us." Yep. Yep, that's exactly what it is. And basically, China, in my opinion, will keep pushing until something drastic happens. Absolutely. There have already been... So, to make something very simple, simple, uh, in the 80s, there was a place called Tiananmen Square. Some of our viewers may have seen it. If not, Google it. I won't get too much into it, but it's T-A-I-N... Is it I-M-E-N-N? I think it's... Anyway, look up Tiananmen Square. Google will correct my spelling for you. Um, you'll find footage of a student, probably 20 years old, standing in front of a tank, uh, refusing to let it through because there were riots for something very similar inside China, um, at Tiananmen Square. It's T-I-A-N-A-N-M-E-N. There we go. Look it up. Um, look up the story. China has done this before. And so in my opinion, it's not going to change. And if there is another Tiananmen Square, it will get silenced very quickly or as quickly as they can. Yeah, but it'd be a lot harder in this day and age. Yeah, I was gonna say I think Hong Kong will not allow that. Well, we'll see. But basically, (laughs) the problem is the fact that the Hong Kong government is not a puppet of the Chinese, not by any means. But when you have the economic exertion of a country that builds the majority of everything on this planet, not to mention a very unscrupulous military Mm -hmm. and leadership that is so egomaniac as to give Kim Jong Un a run for his money, right? You're in an uphill battle. So um, what I want to talk about today, my conspiracy about this, mm-hmm. and uh, before we get into the South China Sea, are ways out for Hong Kong. Because right now, I'm painting a pretty bleak image. <clears throat> yeah. You know, police firing tear gas. For all we know, police firing live rounds. People getting killed. People getting injured. Um, first responders not being allowed to respond to them. Military forces from the Chinese Red Army showing up inside Hong Kong. Un, you know, <coughs> police officers out of uniform beating up civilians mm-hmm. at train stations that are pro-Hong Kong. Um, there are all these various, very shadow element kind of things happen. Very, very police state things yep. happening. Yep. And I was going to say, <clears throat> it's reminding me of World War II, like the Gestapo's and yeah. controlling everything. 100% or Stalin's KGB. Mm-hmm. 
And so there are only a couple ways out, and I wanted to see what your thoughts on these are, Kyle. So basically, right now there's a bit of a stalemate, right? They can't do anything because their leadership is hamstrung, and that's not their fault. I'm not right. calling their leadership out, but right. what can you do? You know what right. I mean? In my opinion, and this is a little sketchy, I don't know what it takes to make a country a U.S. state. Um, I don't know what statehood requires. I don't know if you can be a state without you know, certain provisions. I'm sure that's the case. But yeah. if, if Hong Kong is sovereign, mm-hmm. they could apply for statehood. <laughs> I, how crazy would that be? It would be the first, well, I don't know. Do you know who would jump history. all over that? The U.S. And I'll tell oh, you why. Absolutely. Picture having a country that turns into a state inside of an enemy country. Oh. I was going to say, having a state that's landlocked by other countries, I don't think we have ever had that. Not to mention, okay, and this is terrible, but think about the nuclear potential, the military potential. Oh we we would build bases all over that thing. Oh, yeah. Plus, we would be able to bring down economic costs of, of a lot of things because we're Absolutely. exporting them across a border instead of across an ocean. Absolutely. So I think if they did it, the U.S. would jump all over it. The only problem is that if China got wind of that, <clears throat> everybody in charge would die. Oh, absolutely. In mysterious accidents. They would not let let that happen in any way. not at all. Everybody would be toast. And so what would need to happen... Here's a how-to guide, leaders of Hong Kong. (laughs) And real quick, (laughs) you, China. (laughs) Um, So... All of a sudden, the power goes off. <laughs> I'm waiting for it. I, I definitely have been cautious about posting things online. But um, here's what would need to happen realistically. So basically, they would have to have like an unspoken knowledge that they needed to apply for statehood. Mm-hmm. Then the, uh, US emba- the U.S. Embassy in Hong Kong, that's the only safe place they can go. Right. Because in reality, it's, it's U.S. territory. China steps into it. Anybody from China steps into it, armed or unarmed, without permission. It's an act of war. Right. So... That's when did okay? I know this is off topic, but when did that start? Because every I, I country think has embassies. An if I remember correctly, embassies were a World War II product. But was I, it? I could be wrong. Okay, but like, do we have embassies for other oh, yeah, countries yeah. here? They're called consulates, but yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, we have them. So, like, the benefit is that you can. It, it prevents people from being stuck in countries. So, let's say I fly to Mexico and I lose my passport. Right. I can't fly out of Mexico without a passport. Right. And I also have very limited access to funds. And in, you know, the 80s or even, let's, let's go all the way back to World War II. If that happened in World War II, you're effed. Absolutely. And you have no money and yeah. you're stuck. And you aren't a political refugee. <clears throat> At that point, you'd be lucky if they deported you. You know what right. I mean? So basically the idea was that you could go to the U.S. consulate and it's kind of like a get out of jail free card. You know what I mean? You show up. I don't have my passport. Great. Let's confirm your citizenship. Right. We'll get you on a plane. Um, okay, so that, that's cool. It also aids refugees, political refugees, right. in the event of uh, civil or civil unrest. Right. Um, it can be a little bit trickier with terrorism because terrorists don't care and they're not right. a definitive country. Right. Um, but with you know back when wars were fought by nations, it was very valuable, and in this case, very valuable. Yeah. So if if the leader of Hong Kong wanted to declare sovereignty and not sovereignty but statehood, mm-hmm. the safest way to do it would be to flee to a U.S. embassy. Declare political asylum, say we are being hunted uh, or we are the targets of unfair whatever. Right. And then while you're chilling in the U.S. Embassy, just say, hey, buddy Trump, Mr. I like dollars. You know who has (laughs) dollars? We do. Exactly. (laughs) So that's option. Can you imagine the trade that would also be allowed with that? It'd be a huge trade. It'd be a beautiful (laughs) trade. The Taiwanese. Is that what I'm talking about? The Hong Kongese. (laughs) So... That's option A. Option B is that they would have to like try to get into the UN or NATO. Now the UN's tougher because it's I think technically European. It's the right. EU I know is just European, but um, they could try to apply as members of the UN on a full basis and then declare a state of emergency and ask for NATO troops. But that's a much tougher situation because suddenly you have armed conflict potential. Right. So I think honestly it'd be very interesting to see. That would be interesting. I mean. Have people brought this up to that? Like, I don't know. Is there anything I, I have no idea. It was actually something that kind of just came to me. Um, and I'm like, if this actually happens, I take no responsibility. I mean, I think it'd be really cool and it'd be very I, I doubt that it could happen, to be completely honest with you, for a variety of reasons. But the first okay. one is that the Chinese... They won't allow it to happen. Would, ...would find a way to circumvent this. Absolutely. Because this would be so bad for them. Absolutely. Like, this would be a PR disaster because the minute that that place becomes an American state... 
there are American laws, and yeah. everybody in there is an American citizen after mm-hmm. they take the oath of citizenship, <clears throat> and they're protected by American soldiers. Absolutely. So it would be like, hey, are you a Chinese soldier? You best be moving. Like, it, it would get... I know, but it'd still be really cool. I think it'd be... <laughs> you know how badass that would be, dude? I would, I would be out there with my, my eagle perched on my shoulder firing two ARs uh-huh. into the sky, dude. It would... Honestly, I think oh, that would be cool. that would be such a win for for Absolutely. freedom, like for Absolutely. for true liberty. Yes. I think that would be so cool. I was gonna say it wouldn't be anything because whether they became a state or not, it really wouldn't hurt the United States. If no, they it, it oh no, if they didn't. But I'm just saying it'd be so. You're right. It, it'd be a win for freedom. It would be probably the first time I could say that like democracy has prevailed in in, right. in recent history, and right. you know it brings us to a valid point there that like. If it could, if only it could, you know what I mean? And I don't know what, like I say, the ins and outs there are. I'm sure that there is a political nightmare in making that happen. And it yeah. would not be a flip a switch. Now you're an American, you know, state kind of thing. Right. But I mean, we have Puerto Rico. Yeah. Which we're not helping after <clears throat> a hurricane that was years ago. We have. Uh, I have a friend that lives in Puerto Rico and he says that's not as bad as they make it seem. Oh, cool. Puerto Rico's okay, guys. <laughs> um, I'd actually be interested to see like some, could, could you talk to him? See if you could send us some footage of like how it looks right now. That'd be interesting. I could ask him. We could put it on the I know the he page. just moved. He might be in a different uh, okay. area now, though. But yeah, so basically, we've, we we have other countries we've done it with before. I don't, when was the last time we got a... We'll, we'll get you the info, but last time we got a state, I think, was in the 60s, and I think it was Puerto Rico. I think it was Puerto Rico. So it'd be interesting to see how that would work, because mm-hmm. honestly, I don't even think there'd necessarily need to be an exchange of goods. I don't think there would <laughs> need to be a ton of money changing hands because we're not buying the country we're saying we'll hook you up right it'll be the first time we've actually brought democracy to a place without having to blow it up first exactly so um wow that was really sad (laughs) it's sad but i mean you're exactly right or well like more accurately when we brought (laughs) democracy to some place without saying you are being rescued please do not resist (laughs) 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 we've got you in a headlock just 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 Sleep. The fact that your country has oil reserves doesn't mean anything. Genocide <laughs> is bad. So, so I think that is probably one of the only feasible ways for it to work. Yeah. Um, I'd be interested to see, and I, I know we don't have a ton of listeners yet, but this is one I'd like to hear from you on. Absolutely. What, what are your guys' thoughts? Could it work? Could it not? Do you know anybody who could give us a definitive answer? That'd be great. Let's let's talk real quick about the South China Sea as well. Yes. Because that's, that's, that's an important thing. So first off, I just also wanted to point out, uh, Hong Kong's not the first country this has happened to. Taiwan considers itself an independent nation yeah. of China. China does not. Um, N- Nepal really? uh, considers itself a free nation from China. China does not. Yeah, but Taiwan still has more freedoms than the rest of China. I can't speak to that. I think that's accurate. Because I think there... I knew on my mission there, I knew there was a missionary from Taiwan. And so he had freedom. So to religious and freedom. So, yeah, clearly. at least religious freedom. So clearly freedom. Taiwan has some unique... <clears throat> Benefits, but essentially China considers it one of its nations. Mm-hmm. It's, it might consider it. Are like, they divided into? I always want to call them states, provinces. There's provinces in China. Okay. Yeah, but basically, I think they think Taiwan. Well, I know that they think Taiwan is theirs. Right. So for a long time, China has not only done this with countries, very similar to how Russia annexed a bunch of countries when it was the USSR, mm-hmm. like it's, Mongolia. Yeah, like like Mongolia. Um, do you mean the USSR or China? Oh, sorry, I was talking about the USSR. Yeah, so the USSR <laughs> annexed Crimea, they annexed um, Ukraine, they annexed, I don't think Bosnia. Um, I know a guy who's from Mongolia, and he... The Baltic Peninsula was all was all Russian. Oh, yeah. But he had a really hard time with Russians. And he they haven't been under Russian rule for a while. For years. I think Mongolia, I think is, Mongolia was sovereign at this point. Yes, and I think it was done in the 80s. Mm. But he's well, that would have been when they no, collapsed. No, it was the 90s. Well, because the collapse... So the Berlin Wall went down in 1990... No, 1989. Mm-hmm. November, no, November 2nd, 1989. It's my cousin's birthday. Nice. Uh, they were watching it on TV when it happened. That's so Happy cool. birthday, Brady. Um, <laughs> he's my favorite cousin. You didn't hear that, all my other cousins. <laughs> They're like, what? All of you that listen to this, <clears throat> chirp, chirp. Hear, all this, hear all those crickets. Those are crickets of guilt. Exactly. Uh, but uh, yeah, anyway, going back to it. So basically, they have always had this kind of obsession with owning that whole kind of region of Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. And one thing that they've always been a little picky about is something called the South China Sea. Now, mm-hmm. for our politically savvy members, um, 
the South China Sea has been hotly contested for a long time. Matter of fact, there have been flare-ups there in the past four years, five yeah. or six years, mm-hmm. where Chinese planes have like low fly, like done massive low flies over uh, aircraft carriers, American right. aircraft carriers, which is like pretty aggressive, right. especially because when you low fly over a carrier, most of you're going to bomb it, and that's how you take a aircraft carrier out. But yeah. um, there and like all it takes <laughs> is two planes colliding or one recruit in a plane with a happy trigger finger to start a war. That's why you don't need military forces that close to each other. I think there was at one point boats sailing within hundreds of meters of each other. Uh, it was it's insane. It's absolute insanity. That's and that's what it ta- like that's how wars start. Right. Like think about it. All it takes is one recruit, either a slip of a finger or a trigger happy recruit <clears throat> and we're at war. Exactly. With China, who has a nuclear arsenal. Mm-hmm. And who is unscrupulous enough to try to take over a country. Like, yeah. Whew. And not to mention that, like, like it or not, they're an economic backbone. Yeah. They, they hold this world up, frankly. So you piss off the Chinese, you piss off a lot of people, which right. is something else we can talk about. But basically, they have been building, and you can look this up. It's freaking creepy. Like, I'm not, I, hang on one second. My tinfoil hat's off for this guy. <laughs> I don't even have it on. <laughs> Completely off. It's gone. Like, like, my head is nude. So <laughs> just bald. Picture that. <laughs> so um, t- tan line where your tinfoil hat is. No, I'm not Alex Jones. Um, <laughs> guy, picture him sunbathing. Don't picture him without a shirt off. I take it back. Okay. I, I take it back so fast. <laughs> um, so. China has been building islands out in the middle of the South China Sea for a long time. Can we build an island? Look it up. It's freaking creepy. It's actually pretty cool if you were to think of it as like, oh, we could build solar panels out here. Or, oh, we could grow fruit here because now we can put an island somewhere where it's going to be a perfect location for it. But instead, they just build military bases. On islands? On islands. So So the islands already exist. No, they build them. So they'll find relatively shallow areas in the South China Sea. Relatively. Right. Then dump sand and rocks in there until they can see the sand and rocks. And then just keep going until they have this. Sure up the foundation of it and then build an, for instance, an airbase on one of them. Where are they Whew. getting the land for that? Uh, great question. I don't, maybe they can produce it at this We can clone a sheep, I mean, we can I'm, clone dirt. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they've pretty much taken half the mountain here at the point of the mountain in Salt Lake. Yeah. I mean, like, frankly, I'm sure they'll find a way, but That's they're crazy. building islands, large amounts of islands. Because basically the way that international law works is X amount of miles off the coast of your country, you own the water. Um, And you're in charge of the water. Hashtag environmental awareness. Um, But the problem is this. The South China Sea is a huge area of commerce. Massive, right? You have to drive tons and tons and tons of goods through there. So if China were to own that, then declare it an off-limits zone, it would massively and exponentially increase the cost of everything because it would cost more to get it there. Think of DoorDash. Think of a pizza delivery. The further they have to drive, the more it costs you. Right. And that's how global commerce works, basically, to make it very simple. So the minute that you're making people have to make a huge loop, to get to you on either side of the globe because that takes up a massive section of the globe, you're in trouble, especially because a large quantity of our vehicles are produced in Japan, which right. you guessed it would mine require is. actually mine. Is. Yeah, <laughs> it would require travel through the South China Sea. Mm-hmm. So China is now building these islands so that X amount of miles off the coast of that island is theirs. The problem is this: we can't ostensibly say that's not an island; it doesn't exist. What we can say is that's a man-made structure. It counts as a boat. Oh. So, so they can get closer than if it were an island. Well, more like America has really just been, and this is one place where I can agree with both the Obama and Trump administrations on being a little bit more aggressive. Uh-huh. They were just like, they, I've, I've seen footage, and it's badass as hell. There are these guys, and they're in something called an AWACS. It's an AC-130, which is a very large cargo plane with a huge radio dish attached to it. If you've ever watched like any military movie where it's over-the-top as can be, so anything with a rock in it, um, <laughs> You're going to see a big plane, or if you played Call of Duty, it's an AC-130 with a big dish on the top. Okay. And they're used for communications. They're very advanced. They can track, like, a tennis ball, you know. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. They're, they're, they're insane. But either way, the, <laughs> the Obama and Trump administrations have both low-flown over military bases built on those islands while the Chinese are yelling at them over the radio. They're like, American airplane, divert now. And they're like, uh, uh, Fargo, Ursa, Charlie Kilo, you... Uh, spell it out. 
F you. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, it, they, they just don't care. And, like, they'll just low fly these bases or fly past them. And they're like, this is not a restricted airspace. Mm-hmm. It's not. We don't care what you say. You're not a restricted airspace. Right. You know, you... <laughs> Just because you, you you know, I'm trying to think what it is. You can't put lipstick on a pig and say it's beautiful. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just not how it works. Yeah, so no, it makes sense. Basically, though, it's a really interesting geopolitical move. And they're still doing it. They're and still they're, they're still building islands. islands, which from a tactical perspective is really bad. Because right. if you think about it, back during World War II, you had a big space where there was nothing. So the only way to fight air to ground or air to air or do any real damage was to have an aircraft carrier. Right. And aircraft carriers up to this point have been indispensable in war. Yeah, but also if these islands are man-made, I can't imagine them withstaining, like, natural disasters. Uh, there's not a lot on them to have to sustain a natural disaster. I know, but I kind of just it's, feel like it's, this, the places a tsunami they're at, comes through and just wipes the island gone. But the places they're at don't experience weather phenomena like that. I mean, they're small enough that it doesn't really displace much. You might deal with some gale force winds, some hurricanes, but they're military installations. They're built to withstand bombs. They'll be all right. right. Do you well, mean like the foundation itself? I'm just, yeah, I just mean the island itself. Oh, no, they're, they're well shored up. I mean, if you can land a plane on it, like a big plane, it's, it's going to do okay. That's true. So these... The reason that they're a real threat from a tactical perspective is you could build a nuclear silo on one. Yeah. You could build, and they have, an Air Force base on one. And suddenly you have a permanent aircraft carrier in the middle of the South China Sea, somewhere half between being able to strike the California coast and being able to definitely yeah. strike Hawaii. How do they get dirt there to do that? Uh, just boats? massive transit ships. You can watch it. There's there's footage of it on YouTube. Um, they have these like big cargo ships that drops big amounts of sand out the bottom. It's actually kind of cool looking. But... Uh, yeah, so the reason that that's conspiratorial is because it's another move by China attempting yeah. to make this mega state, right? This huge <clears throat> Chinese country, which is why, once again, it would be such a massive upset so if all this... of a sudden Hong Kong became an American oh, state. Yes, absolutely. So that's, those are like the major pieces of the Chinese puzzle that I find so interesting is that right now we're at a really interesting geopolitical crossroads, and it'll be unique to see how this ends up. Will it just turn into another blowover where China will just take Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. I don't think so because I don't think America will allow it, but it also won't turn into the Chinese necessarily uh, backing down. So here's what you can do, listeners. Xi Jinping has an odd relationship where he looks vaguely like Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> he hates that. He hates it so much that he made it illegal to describe him as Winnie the Pooh. Seriously? So go out. <laughs> And make sure you post as many pictures of Winnie the Pooh and tag them as Xi Jinping as you can. Uh, There's a lot of Hong Kong protesters already doing that. Uh, Also, China has a great relationship with Disney. So a lot of people have been posting images of Mickey Mouse with Mickey supports Hong Kong and posting them prominently. And it's not a Disney thing. Disney's kind of peeved by it because that's a huge revenue share for them. Absolutely. But it's a great way to piss off China. Yeah. Um, trying to think what else there was that's being done right now oh my goodness oh there's a character i think it's may i don't play this game but overwatch has a character named may that uh people in hong kong are rallying around and they're saying that she is a pro hong kong video game character there's no reason to believe it but it's become grounded enough that if you would like to you can get online and look up may supports hong kong overwatch and you can post that on your social media feeds that's cool um let's bring it to america um, I know we've gone through a lot, but I want to just bring it home for a minute because there's a couple things I want to talk about on this side of the pond. Okay. In America, we're being affected by this, by yes. the Hong Kong protests. And one of the big companies, a company I've actually been watching the stock of very closely, is a company called Blizzard. Are you familiar with them? I what Activision. Do you know who that is? They make video games. Okay. Um, oh, okay, yes. They made StarCraft. They made a bunch of big games. World of Warcraft. Right. Blizzard. Um, Activision made Call of Duty. Um, so not small names in the industry. Right. They also host esports, um, okay. which is apparently a thing. Yeah, I heard, I learned about this. What? As someone who casually plays video games and who has produced concept art for video games, esports are a mystery to me, man. <laughs> I think I have... No. People can get scholarships. I was going to say, I have a friend whose husband helps create the content for video games, but being, it's not. Being games. a professional video gamer, can I just say that I feel like you have to be playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, <laughs> slamming Mountain Dew, and it has to be 2004 for someone to say <laughs> that out loud. Um, 
But basically, they host this. It's kind of like the like the Olympic Committee. Like it's like the IOC. It's like the same thing. Yeah, I just saw there was like a, a team of kids. Yeah, yeah. Just won it. Yeah, so, and they were like kids. Yeah, and it was the world. Yeah. So crazy. there's there's this interesting thing where China likes to show national pride on a national or an international stage. Mm-hmm. Um, always have. For instance, those. Uh, so <laughs> there are certain rules the IOC has put out where you have to be 18 to compete. So all of those 12-year-old, 18-year-olds that are out competing for the Chinese gymnastics team um, are 18, according to their birth certificates. <laughs> They're 12. They're of like course. 10, 11, yeah. and 12. And the Chinese, oh no. She's oh, no. 18. 18. She's absolutely 18. My ass. But anyway. Seriously. Um, yeah, no, they, they basically do that stuff all the time. And it's no different in esports, except that they can't cheat because they'll get busted. Right. So basically, a lot of people in China like esports. A lot of people in China like uh-huh. esports, um, and they also like the NBA, which we'll get to. Uh, but basically, what had happened was someone who and and I forgive my lack of knowledge here because I think that and I'm sorry, guys, if you love esports, more power to you. It's kind of like curling to me. <laughs> it's not a sport. Yeah, it's some drunk guy who decided to make it a sport. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. You're not talented. You just play video games. <laughs> Go home, Virtually. rethink your life. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Mad props to you if you do play esports and if it's something that's your passion, chase that. That's yeah. awesome. But I don't understand it. So basically, there was a huge competition. Activision Blizzard are relatively in charge of it. And you have to have an account. I have one okay. um, with them. I play uh, StarCraft. Okay. And in order to download their games, you have to have an account, just like Xbox Live or anything else. So okay. basically, whoever won it, came out and said um, some pro-Hong Kong remark on, I think it was on social media. It wasn't even on their platform. And they took away his prize money and gave him a slap on the wrist and said, like, basically, Blizzard supports the right of each nation, blah, you know, some, some well-thought-through statement by a lawyer. But there's something darker here, and I want you to really think about this. Beyond just the obvious, okay, hang on. The reason they did it is because China has a huge viewer base. Mm-hmm. It's a revenue thing. And so if that's the case, let's really go point A to point B here. Point A. China is dictating what American citizens or sovereign citizens of other countries, for that matter, can say based upon a company yeah. that is not related to them and has no government authority. That's not okay. Absolutely, it's not okay. So, first off, Blizzard, I love StarCraft. <clears throat> I love StarCraft too, even though it wasn't as good as StarCraft. <laughs> so, I, I, I just... They're trying to save their business because... Yeah, and you know what? I'm a proud capitalist too, Blizzard. Wolf of Wall Street is one of my favorite movies, but that doesn't make it okay to go out and intentionally, because your bottom line might be affected, Mm -hmm. remove the freedom of speech, which is what you are doing. Mm -hmm. That's not okay. Right. And now we get to the NBA. (laughs) But do do they really think that because they were in support of Hong Kong, that many people would be like, oh, in, in China would be like, oh, I'm not, I, we can't The Chinese that. government controls the government, pretty guess, intensely yeah. what people consume in China. I guess that's true. So, yeah. I, I, and China could very easily pull the plug on esports. They could make it illegal. So think about this. In America, we have ostensibly free internet access, right? Right. Google doesn't have that in China. Uh, there's not free internet necessarily. Right. So when I say free internet, I don't mean going down to the cafe. I mean like an open internet where you can search things. Right. Um, so if that's the case, they could just cut access to Blizzard. Just remove Blizzard's access, make it a blacklisted Chinese thing. They don't even have to give a reason. You just no longer have access. The amount of money that Blizzard would lose is frankly probably incalculable for me. I'm right. sure that they have the numbers and facts oh, and figures. Oh, sure. But that's insane, man. <clears throat> Activision Blizzard, which is a huge company. World of Warcraft. Once again, right. was willing to shut down basically an American citizen's freedom of speech. Or I don't, I don't actually even know if he's an American citizen, frankly. But the freedom of speech, the freedom of free speech outside right. on the internet for the sake of their dollars and cents. Which brings us very nicely to the NBA. Mm-hmm. The NBA did the same damn thing. So the Houston Astros, somebody, okay, once again, I could just say sports in general, I don't yeah. get I, you, I you guys know. are all picturing me as some grumpy dude who lives in a cave, <laughs> I'm sure. I like climbing. I like skiing. I like things that are real sports. But um, I, I like things where I could potentially die doing See, them. and my thing is, is I don't necessarily like watching them either. Neither do I. And I have so I'm much like, self-loathing that I would rather do something where I could die than watch someone else do it. So yeah, exactly. Basically, like, you know, I like sports outside. I'm not a big fan of sports on a court or on a console. I've played video games once again, but not like that. But anyway, the NBA... 
Um, 100% can respect the athletes for their sacrifice. I can respect the game itself. I just don't understand it. Right. And that being said, somebody in charge of the Houston Astros made a statement, um, and they posted, I believe, on social media, I think it was Twitter, because Twitter is the worst. Mm -hmm. Um, They posted something that basically said Hong Kong would be free. Well, the NBA really didn't like that, and there's a massive meltdown between the NBA and the coach where money was being threatened, funding was being threatened, things like that were being threatened. Do you know who was actually at the mic there? The Chinese government, and I'll tell you why. The Chinese love their basketball. Yao Ming is a major, major, major Chinese icon, mainly because he's twice the height of most folks in China. That's not racist. He's twice the height of most people in America, too. He's three feet taller. No, he's two feet taller than me. I'm six foot tall, dude. Yeah, I was going to say, he's... Have you heard all the theories that he has, like, <laughs> grown in a Petri dish? <laughs> Next time on Old Wives. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Um, so... I still love those theories, because his genetics do not allow him to get that tall. You think? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's actually the first Spartan, um, like, from Halo. <laughs> but, uh... There you go. See? Nerd comment. <laughs> there you go, gamers. Um... But uh, basically, the Chinese government is speaking through the NBA by making this happen because the Chinese love their basketball. Right. They actually, when they, and this is my understanding from, once again, an NPR thing I listen to, when they wake up, uh, it's game time in America for basketball. And at okay. lunchtime, it's also game time in America. Okay. So basically, the time difference makes it very easy for them to keep track. Right. Honestly, I think basketball is so late for us here in the Midwest that I'm, A, I didn't care to begin with, and be, I'm, I'm an old man. Bed. I go yeah. to bed at like 10.30 and I'm like, oh, here's my tapioca and my program. <laughs> like, so like, tapioca. So basically, they, they love their, their basketball. Yeah. And think about this. If, if the one of the most populous countries in the world is watching basketball, mm-hmm. they're paying for subscriptions. All China has to do is flip that switch. Yeah. All that money goes away. We in America are being dictated by a dictatorship uh, overseas. We in America are being held down by a Chinese government unwilling to budge. And we, America, are frankly fed the hell up. Yeah. And a lot of corporations at this point are trying to quietly do the same thing that the NBA and Activision are taking so much heat for. Mm-hmm. And I don't think this is the end of it. I mean, think about manufacturing, man. Like, think about how much gets manufactured overseas. GM would go bankrupt if they said a thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They already did once. Oi, oi. Um, and they have a bummer to think for the fact that they didn't go bankrupt, which I'm still on the fence about because I get the point. But really... Yeah. We're capitalists here. Come on. Come on. Seriously. Come on. But, and, and also, GM, you make shitty cars. I'm sorry. <laughs> you do. Your cars well, are, I wasn't going to say that Your loud. cars are bad and you should feel bad. <laughs> I had one Chevy. That was all it took. <laughs> do you guys know that 90% of Chevys manufactured within the last 20 years are still on the road? Yeah. Yeah. The rest of them made it home. Boom! Ooh. So, anyway, uh... Sorry, not sorry. Uh, but, like, that's the reason that we're not hearing a lot about this from big corporations who ordinarily do the thoughts and prayers thing. Right. The minute they do, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. And China has put itself in a really good place to make that happen. And let me tell you why this conspiracy theory runs so deep. Okay. The minute that Hong Kong seeds this, China takes Nepal. The minute that Hong Kong seeds oh, this, smaller nations suddenly become Chinese states. And this is, of course... Hang on. Tinfoil hat's back on. This is, of course, very blue sky, but, I mean, think about it. It's very similar to setting a legal precedent. Mm -hmm. If we let China get away with this bullshit, they can do it anywhere. Right. I'm not going to say, they're coming for your kids, but, like, really, if there's a country that's underdeveloped that has a Chinese influence, they could do it again. And they will. They they will. will. They absolutely will. They will. So here's what needs to happen. First off, viewers, if you have any access to video of Chinese atrocities. If you are in Hong Kong, if you're listening to this right now and you're in Hong Kong, by the way, (laughs) we're really cool. (laughs) We made it way further than I thought we would. (laughs) But also, if you have access to to helping someone in Hong Kong, please do. If you have access to getting information out of Hong Kong, please do. If you have the ability to boycott NBA products, please do. If you have the ability to boycott Activision products, please do. I'm not preaching to the choir here. I haven't bothered to go in and remove my Blizzard account because I don't use it. Yeah. But please, find ways to hurt the bottom line of the pocketbooks of the people that are not willing to fix their shit. Absolutely. Otherwise, you are bending over and taking it from the Chinese government. Mm -hmm. And who wants to take it from Pooh Bear? Xi Jinping, you look like (laughs) Pooh Bear. 
I'm going to say it so many times. Hey, Xi Jinping, you know what your mom said when you were born? Oh, bother. <laughs> oh, bother. Freaking hate Winnie the Pooh. I love Winnie the Pooh. I feel like he is one of the worst Disney characters I love ever Winnie the Pooh. That's why I hate the fact that he looks like him. Winnie the Pooh is like my fa- one of my favorite Disney oh characters. So now that he's being liked to a murderous despot, I'm I like, s- damn it! <laughs> I accidentally keep telling people who like Winnie the Pooh that I'm like, oh, I don't like Winnie the Pooh. They're like, oh. That's because you can't not like Winnie the Pooh. There's something wrong with you if you I don't know, like Winnie the Pooh. I, I can't stand it. Who him. do you like? He's so annoying. Who's your favorite Disney character, Kyle? Hercules is my favorite. Hercules. But that's not around that same era. That's... It was close. I mean, like, obviously Winnie the Pooh's way older, but it's still a cartoon. Yeah. I mean, Winnie the Pooh's not my favorite. My favorite is Sheriff Woody, 110%, okay. because I'm not a communist. But, um... <laughs> you can't, like, Winnie the Pooh that much. I, I love <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. He's, he's a part of my childhood. He's, I think it's probably because, like, my mom liked Winnie the Pooh. And I, so it's it's a family uh, thing. okay. Like, I grew I up watching him. I just couldn't. They were all annoying. You didn't even like Rabbit, who is literally just Squidward, but with ears? I don't remember Rabbit that much. I just remember Piglet being whiny all the time. You know Piglet's this sweet old dude? Have you ever seen how he looks in real life? Uh-uh. Dude, he's the sweetest looking guy. <laughs> he's, he's just this chill little dude. He's like, oh, but, 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 I'm Piglet. And you're oh. just like, I just, I want to hug. Can I just oh squeeze your cheeks? Piglet is so annoying. Also, then, the guy who voices Tigger. Winnie the Pooh, uh-huh. this might make you feel better. Oh, no. He voices um, the snake in Jungle Book. Oh, he does? Oh, that's funny. That might make you feel better. Yeah. So, going back to it, though. I mean, really, here's the conspiracy, guys. Chinese government is controlling your media consumption. Yeah. They're controlling what you say and what you do via the places that we go to and the things we enjoy. If we really wanted to hurt the Chinese, mm-hmm. we would not care what they did. But I can tell you right now that until corporations realize that that's the case... Nothing's going to change. It's true. Disney's bottom line would be incredibly affected if Chinese imports no longer, or if people from China didn't come to the parks, um, or if they couldn't take their their content in. I mean, think about it. Disney's about to release an app called Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. They're going to pull all of the Disney assets from Netflix. They already have. They already have. Yeah. And if China didn't give people access to Disney Plus, that's a huge revenue cut. So basically, the only thing you can do is vote with your wallet. Yeah. And it's going to be hard, listeners. I mean, if you really want to hurt the pocketbooks of the people who are abetting this, you'd have to make some real-life changes. If we're honest with ourselves, we won't. There's a lot of us, myself included, that are going to take comfort over change. And what you need to do is find the places where you can. Absolutely. So find where you can make change. Mm -hmm. Try to help this because, remember, you're setting a precedent here. Your actions, believe it or not, are going to affect the future generations of people that come after you. If we sit beside this and let Hong Kong be taken, we set a precedent. Mm-hmm. Do what we can here. Yeah. I've been Zane. Oh, and I'm Kyle. Don't trust the government. Don't join a cult. And remember, they always have to have a warrant. <laughs> <laughs>